What's up, everybody? Paplin here, and welcome to episode 1,240 of Ask Pat 2.0. You're about to listen to a coaching call between myself and an entrepreneur just like you. And today we're speaking with Matthew Usherwood, who founded a website called distancehiker.com. He's over in the UK, and that long-distance walking holidays, right? Self-guided walking holidays are his niche, and we might call them hiking or long-distance hiking, distancehiker.com. And he's gone through a number of failures on his way to finding this very successful venture. And unfortunately, he's in a position that a lot of people who start businesses that finally start going well are at, which is, I don't have enough time to do all the things that I think I should do to grow the business. There's a lot of options now. There's a lot of things that are working. And and where do I put my time? Because I only have so much time. So that's what we're going to discuss today. You'll hear me unpack a lot of, well, what is taking time? And prioritization becomes a keyword that's used in this particular episode. But what are the low-hanging fruits and where do we want to go? Where do, where do we want to end up? What's the goal, right? If, if we're on a hike, we want to know where we're hiking to. Well, we discover that through Matthew's lenses today. So let's listen in. This is Matthew Usherwood from distancehiker.com. He's also got a podcast you should check out too, and it's currently growing at a hockey stick growth rate, which is really amazing. And he also has some stories to share about the pandemic and what that did for his business, and it wasn't so great. So listen in, this is this is a great one. Matthew, welcome to Ask Pat. Thank you so much for joining me today. Pleasure, thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate you taking the time. And where in the world are you? You have an accent I can hear, so I'm curious. I do, yeah, I live in Nottinghamshire in the UK. Okay, awesome. Are you also suffering from the blistering heat that everybody else is suffering from right now over there? We were, but it's dropped back down to a fairly reasonable 20 degrees now. So it's it's quite nice again. But we yeah, it was pretty hot the last few days. That's good. That's I'm just hearing a ton about Europe right now. So I'm glad you're okay. Glad everybody's doing well. Tell me about you and, and your business. What do you do? And maybe a little bit about the background behind that. Sure, of course. I'll start at the beginning. I'm a long term listener to the smart passive income, obviously yourself. And you are the one who planted the seed to start an online business way back in 2013. And the reason was you took the mystery out of starting an online business. You didn't come across a spammy and it really kind of stirred something in me. I then made a ton of mistakes trying to actually start online businesses, bought up loads of domain names, tried to make websites. They were rubbish. You got caught up on all the mistakes everybody typically gets caught up in. And eventually I struck... Welcome to the club. Yeah. So And eventually I landed on a travel business that actually started to make some money. So I started a travel business in the self-guided walking holiday niche. So people wanting to book long distance trails and it actually made some money and it did okay. I ran that from about 2016 all the way to 2020, beginning of 2020. And then a certain global pandemic struck and being a travel business, it buckled very quickly. I got my fingers burnt with a ton of cancellations And I actually decided to shelve the business for about six months just to have a break from it because there was nothing happening. And after six months, I figured that on the run up to the next kind of hopeful season when the travel industry in the UK was expected to boom, I started putting a lot of time back into it in terms of SEO and predominantly, and this is important, building a Facebook community because I thought I want a strong community around my business in order for it to grow. Now, when I got to 2021, All the work I'd done was looking good. I started getting bookings through again, but I got caught up on one thing and that was insurance. Because I was small, 
and the business had previously sort of lost all of its deposits, I could not get insurance from anywhere. And in the UK, in order to run a travel business, it's a bit boring this, but you need a bit of insurance, which is financial failure insurance, which protects the customer for the case of the business going bankrupt and failing. I could not get that insurance, so I couldn't run legally any longer. And I went through every avenue to try and get insurance. And unfortunately, I could not get it. So the business failed. I had about a week off. And I decided after that week to focus on building a community based on this Facebook group. By this time, the Facebook group I'd started July previously in 2020 had actually started to grow really quickly into the thousands and was becoming a really nice community centered around long distance hiking in the UK and hiking long distance trails. Now, while building that community of my ear to the ground, I kind of started to see a gap in the market for there being a resource website around long distance trails in the UK. And I thought, hmm, I want to build that. And I had the idea to build it, but I didn't want to do it while I was running something else. But when I was free to build that, I thought, right, this is what I'm going to do. And that's what I started. So I bought the domain name distancehiker.com and set to work building this community, growing this website. I started a podcast, I started doing emails. I started doing all the things you meant to do. It started to grow really nicely and continues to grow nicely. But the problem is now with this business, and I've launched some products into it, which is probably important to mention. But the problem I've got now with what I'm doing is that it's gone from 100 followers to followers in the low thousands, which is massive for me at the moment, especially with the podcast as well, which is currently getting hockey stick growth, which is awesome. I just don't have the time to do all the things I want to do on it. And I'm stuck in terms of what do I focus on? I've got to the point now where I'm pretty good at focusing on the right thing when I know the right thing to focus on. And I'm very good at being quite productive with my time. But as of recently, I've really got stuck in terms of where to actually, where's my time best spent? What things should I focus on? Because I know I can't do all the things. I've got a young family, two kids, full-time job, and I've got this as well. Um, So I'm really stuck on on that kind of, what do I do? Where do I, where do I put my attention? Yeah. I mean, this is a great problem to have, yeah. right? It's the it's the problems that come because of growth and success. And, you know, it's interesting because we are often very surprised when we get there because we're like, oh, things are growing and things are working well. But eventually it gets to that point where either the business stalls out and stops growing or we burn out or we begin growing and scaling our team. Right. So there's a lot of different ways to handle growth in this kind of way. The biggest thing I often ask people first is, where do you want this to go? And I'm curious about that because then we can reverse engineer. Sometimes people only want something on the side. And the fact that it's growing is awesome. But we often have this inherent feeling that we have to keep it growing and get bigger and bigger just because that's what everybody else is doing. But you don't have to. There's a book called Company of One that really speaks to this, the idea that for whatever reason, we just feel like we have to grow and that often burns people out. But if you know what you want to build with it and where you want it to be, then you can reverse engineer from that and at least come up with sort of a plan or at least know that you're headed in the right direction and know what to say yes to and know what to say no to. So I'm curious as far as your goals for this, like where do you want it to to end up? Sure. I've read the book, Company One. It's a really good book and have thought about this. So in particular, I really want the business to be eventually a full-time job for myself and for others as well, hopefully. So I do want to grow it into a, into a small business that makes a, a good income for my family and hopefully employs other people as well. In terms of what the business actually looks like when it gets there is I want it to be a sizable 
and very, very helpful resource for everybody who wants to get into long distance hiking or is long distance hiking in the UK at the moment. And for it to be a center point of the on, on of the community for long distance hikers that champions the you know the hobby in the UK. So I want it to be the go-to resource with all the things that are attached to that. So with good email comms, with a YouTube channel, with the podcast, which I run at the moment with it. So that's very much my vision for it, for it to be sort of like the, uh, as a, an example, the epic gardening of long distance hiking in the UK. <laughs> yes. Kevin from Epic Gardening is definitely a prolific content creator and building an, a, ma a massive empire really ar around the world of gardening. And so a little bit of a connection there, both outdoors, both experiencing nature and in, in, in different kinds of ways. So he's definitely a person I would pull inspiration from. Totally. I also know that he he doesn't have a podcast, right? He specifically focuses on one platform and one platform alone, and that's YouTube. I mean, he does repurpose some of that content and put it into TikTok and Instagram, but that's about it. And so, you know, I could imagine that he could potentially have a podcast and he is definitely leaving out people by not having a podcast about it. But I think that he would stretch himself thin if he wanted to do that. And, you know, like you, you understand that you only have so much time to give. Kevin eventually got to that point where he quit what he was doing to go full time with this. And that could be a different conversation where, okay, well, what is that point and what does that look like? And is there a way to speed that up or, or what have you? But the most important thing is like, if you take the energy that you have and you start putting it elsewhere, like into a new YouTube channel or into another social media platform, the things that you've already started are going to have less of you, right? It's just by the nature of it without hiring a team yet that that, that is going to happen. So have you reached the point yet with what it is that you're creating, your website, your podcast, any social channels that you have to a point where either it's more automated or at least it's optimized so much that you're spending the least amount of time you've ever spent on it, but it's still growing or you could potentially hire people to help support that. Are you, are you there with like, let's just take the podcast for example. How are you feeling? Okay. So <laughs> my, my first recommendation would be to, with the things that you're already doing, which is obviously working, don't even think about other components yet. Have those be a reward to get into those other spaces only once you optimize the things that you have. So the podcast, for example, we'll need to figure out, okay, well, what does that look like? Eventually it could get to the point where you're only just hitting record and then sending those files off and then everything else is taken care of, right? Is it there yet or, or, or not quite? No, not quite. It's well, not at all. I'm still doing absolutely everything at the moment. The only thing I don't do which is really helpful is because of the Facebook community, I get a lot of user-generated content from that. Yes. So in terms of sourcing images for Instagram, all of that, almost all of that comes from either podcast clips or it comes from photos that people have posted of their trips on Facebook, which I then reach out and say, can I share this on the group Instagram, which obviously it's the business Instagram. And the answer is almost always yes. That's awesome. Which is great. And the same comes to content as well. So articles. So I put out every couple of weeks a post on the group that says, hey, anybody doing anything interesting? If so, fill in this content submission form. And I almost always get some content that comes my way or i might see somebody doing something interesting that's so good and i kind of say hey do you want to send uh do you want me to do a write-up for you or do you want to do a write-up for me and we, we get the content out so i'm quite good at getting people to give me the content rather than having to do a lot of typing myself but that's great i still struggle with the time to kind of do all the things like i'd love to, for instance do a weekly email newsletter 
with sharing all the things I've done because I got an email list of, you know, it's not massive, but it's about 2000 people. And I'd love to kind of share that with them. But I managed to do that once every few months, which pains me to send out an email once every few months when I know I want to do it every week, for example. Yeah. Okay. So that that makes sense. And, and that's where optimizing things can get you time back, whether you are, you know, reinvesting some of that money to hire a team or better systems or what have you to be able to take more of you out of that so that you can put more of you into this other thing. But if you are already doing everything, you can't do everything, right? You have to pull yourself out from something or else you will break or something will break. Uh, sometimes it's personal relationships will break. Something will break unless, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I've had a few burnouts with this already, a few massive burnouts where I've just sort of hit rock bottom like, yeah, I can't do this all. It stops for two weeks, grinds to a halt. And then I'm like, right, re regather and then get back on it. And I tend to come out of those quite refreshed, but I'd, I'd rather not have those burnouts at all. Yeah, we don't want the burnouts no. for sure. <laughs> Because you can't create great content when you're burned out. You can't be a good husband or, or father when you're burnt out. We just we just don't want that. So I would say give yourself grace. Give yourself permission to not feel like you have to do all of it. You've created something already that is beautiful. And the fact that you have a community that's so willing to give and wants this community to grow even further. I mean, you could crowdsource even more if you'd like to insert itself into the newsletter. You know, maybe much of that to at least get it going once a month to start is crowdsourced versus mostly just coming from you. There's also, you know, if you really wanted the newsletter to work, there might be some things to do to optimize the creation of that. For example, I don't know if for your work, you, for example, I know some people who do this because literally they're strapped for time. They're in their car or their vehicle and they're just dictating what they want to put in the newsletter. And then they send that off to somebody to take that uh, transcript and turn it into a newsletter and it just that's a good idea okay it's while you were doing something already right and it's like it doesn't have to be perfect i don't i don't know if that's another thing matthew i know that very common to hear this kind of conversation from perfectionists who want everything to be like a perfect newsletter a perfect this where are you on the spectrum of like perfectionism great question i'm pretty low down on the spectrum of perfectionism i have got caught up in that tra trap of sort of delaying doing things until they're perfect, but actually is the podcast, which enabled me to get over that because I realized my first podcast yeah. to release. And <laughs> kind of forces you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I've got episode 20 coming out on the weekend, which I'm pretty excited about. Oh, congratulations. With more episodes recorded and ready to go as well. And it was actually doing that that just made me get over it because I realized the first podcast was rubbish and the 10th podcast was was average and they, they got better progressively. So yeah, I'm not, by all means, not a perfectionist with this. I'm happy just to sort of throw things against the wall and th see what sticks. That's good. Yeah, that's good. So that's the right approach for sure. What if you created this newsletter and it was once or twice a month and you just knew it was going to be a little messy and you knew it was going to be a little haphazard and you were okay with that and you just wanted to get it out there? Like, Yeah, I think I can be perhaps a bit more perfectionist with the newsletter. Probably from a stats point of view, there's something about seeing people unsubscribe to a newsletter that, that hurts. But uh, I probably need to get over that, uh, looking into the intricacies of the uh, analytics behind that. But yeah, for sure, I think I could probably manage at least a once or twice a month newsletter. I definitely think that that would be a, a good priority to have, you know, over starting a brand new channel or, or something elsewhere. Because, you know, as you've heard me talk about before many times, the email list is going to be where you can take that community anywhere in the future, right? No matter what happens, if Facebook goes down or, or what have you, if another one pops up or in the future, once you optimize or get some time back, you do start really focusing on a YouTube channel. Well, now you have your email list and can launch 
really quickly right from the get-go, but you have proven that you could be successful and you're already getting things done with what you've already created. And I think if you started with optimizing those things first, you're gonna get some time back that you can choose to do whatever you'd like with. And the idea of really being conscious of your growth and like the decisions you make to lead you to where you wanna go, right? Like getting caught up in the world. Like if you, if you listen to SPI, you obviously probably listen to other entrepreneurial podcasts and there's a lot of hype in this space. There's a lot of exaggeration. There's a lot of oh, this new tool, this thing's working over here. You gotta do this seven figure launch, yada, yada, yada. Oh yes, oh my gosh. Like I've had to put my blinders on every day actually. But if you know that you are working on things that you know are ultimately serving the community, then you're doing the right thing. And for it just might be the podcast in the community for now. What if it was just the podcast in the community and you just nailed those to start? How would that feel if that's all you had to worry about? I would definitely have a feeling, particularly say with like Instagram, for example, where, it's, where I share stuff already that I'm feeling that I'm missing out on the community outside of that. Does that make sense? So it does. Um, there's a whole kind of exciting community going on Instagram, lots of sharing stuff. And I feel sometimes we're not on there, I'm missing out on that. But in terms of the podcast and this community itself, they're probably the two aspects I do enjoy the most out of everything I do. So that in terms of, I would probably feel pretty good about just doing those things and seeing those grow by themselves for sure. Yeah. But I still have a sense of missing out on, on Instagram. I'm not saying like, ditch Instagram or get rid of your account or anything. I'm just saying like, let's not worry so much about it, right? And if you happen to have an opportunity to post something because you have some time or because something's interesting, cool. But let's remain consistent on the podcast and showing up in the community. The Instagram is just a bonus and you'll have you know the best of both worlds in that in that case. It's, it's really gonna be a discipline situation more than anything. For sure. Right, that's, <laughs> that's really what this comes down to. Um, and that's, a, that's, that's something that takes some people, it took me years to figure out because I would, I would overclock, I would work too much because I had the time and I just did all the things. I even, I even had a presentation called How to Be Everywhere. It was like, be on every platform because that's where everybody is. And I actually wish I didn't do that or, I, or you know, I, I think it's reversed now. What if you just were fully present in that Facebook community and that's where everybody could come and rely on you and show up every day. They're connecting with each other and things are happening there. And everybody on Instagram, yeah, they get a little bit of you, but if they join the Facebook group, then they'll get all of it. And that could entice them to come over. That sounds pretty good to be honest. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. And how old are your kids? So I've got a little boy who is three. Um, my other is, my oldest is nearly seven. So. So, so yeah, definitely like they need your full attention. So of course you don't, you can't, take away time from them. So Not that's at the moment, part no. of the struggle, I'm, sh I'm sure. Yeah, like on, the, you know, ideally I'd do a bit on the weekends, but weekends is full on kids time. So this is really a sort of the occasional Saturday morning. If I wake up early enough, I can get away with doing some work then before they wake up, but mostly late evenings, but still trying to get sleep down. That's the thing, because I've, I've made the mistake of missing out on sleep before to try and get this done. And, you know, works for a few weeks and then it, you just kind of, if that, and then you just crash. Oh, it so, bites you in the yeah, butt for after. sure, massively. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Your work, you said you work full time. What what do you do? Yeah, so I actually work in the outdoor industry anyway. And uh, funnily enough, this what I've done so far in the last year and a half on this has actually just led me to a career change. So I used to do customer service within the company I work for, but I've recently gone on to content marketing and I've used this as a case study to really get into that new direction. So it's wicked because I'm now learning about this every single day yeah. and getting a real insight into, you know, marketing on a, on a 
grand scale, which is allowing me to kind of feed back into this. And I kind of feed my learnings from my own personal work into my employment. So it's a really nice working relationship. Oh, well, that worked yeah. out. Yeah. So it's had a real benefit from that point of view, but it still comes down to that sort of time aspect. But I think what you said is is kind of super helpful. I kind of knew I needed to do that, but I just that kind of push to do that is really, really helpful. Yeah, or, or, or permission, you know, as we often hear on, on Ask Pat, people just are like, I knew I needed to do that. I just needed to hear somebody <laughs> else tell me it was okay. And that's very, very common here. And the other thing is, and, and where I was leading with that was like, many people who are strapped for time who have full-time jobs are able to work out a situation with their full-time job to be able to either work remote one day a week or two days a week, or which may not be possible for you in the outdoor space, but- Two at the moment. Yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah, oh, yeah okay. for sure. Yeah. So you... yes. Out, outdoor clothing industry. Sorry, I should have been more specific. So it's, uh, it's office-based work. Oh, okay, anyway, okay. So yeah, two days a week. Gotcha. Okay. So that's great because then you can get all the things you need done earlier, you know, uh, hustle on that. And then you have extra time for yourself or, you know, negotiating like a four-day work week. Like, again, is there a way to go? And obviously you still re- meet the financial goals you have for your budget and all that stuff. Like, I know some people who are like, you know what? I just want to go half-time here so I can go double time here, right? And it might not be time right now, but that's something that could be worked toward. At the moment, probably not, but I suspect in the future, then that may well be something I go to. I mean, my partner's doing a similar thing with the business she's running, where she's kind of starting to step away from her work and into her private work and that's working really well. So that's definitely something I'd look to do in the future, but just now it wouldn't be possible. But the the other thing I, I I'm a bit stuck on as well, if you don't mind me asking, yeah, was that earlier this year I launched a product. Actually, no, last year, so Christmas 2021. 2021. Yeah, I launched a print-on-demand product to the audience that I have, which was essentially a personalised poster of a long-distance trail. Have you seen those kind of circular star charts for children that you can buy, where it kind of it plots the the date? And, yeah, I have. Yeah, basically one of those, but for long distance trails. And that went down really well as an example of a product that I could launch into the community because long term, I want to generate income from this bait more on products than sort of advertising if I can. I'm not being too fixed on that, but it'd be like nice to. It did well. It made some good pre-Christmas sales. I then sort of launched a tentative uh, Shopify store after that, which didn't do quite so well because I think people want to transact with me rather than through a store. But what I found it did was it it allowed me to put some investment back into this. So I upgraded my microphone, got new headphones, allowed me to pay for some decent hosting software to create better podcasts. And I think all of that helped me grow the, the show a little bit as well, and at least gave me a bit more confidence. Now, any money I do make from that, because I do make the odd sale here and there, I'm not making any money from this at the moment, I'm just sort of an audience building stage. But any money I do make from that really does help because my next purchase is some uh, background for, for this to make a better background because I'd like to use the reels at some point in the future and whatnot, and it might be nicer for guests. But where I got caught up as well is I don't know whether I am rushing too much into monetizing audience. Does that make sense? Or do I just settle with the fact that I just need to grow the audience before I start sort of trying to put a product into that. I'm trying to be patient with it, but I don't want to be too patient and I don't want to be impatient as well. So I'm trying to find that balance of when when do I really start with sort of putting products in front of audience. I do this for the love as well. I love doing this. So I don't want to ruin it by making it kind of a money making operation at this point. 
if that makes sense. But I also want it to be a business long term. Of course. Yeah. I mean, it's very common for people to say something like this when they themselves have once been burned by a company that they've trusted or somebody who they followed started just seemingly like just every email became like a sales pitch or something like that. And, and, and we don't want to do that to our audience, right? So we often like push ourselves away from selling anything because we, we want to stay as far away from that as possible. And we use the excuse of, well, I'm just in the audience building phase. Imagine if you, I mean, these products that you're creating, they're helpful. They're obviously loved by the audience. Imagine that you had like a group of people standing in front of you and you had these products that would be helpful to them. But they were like, hey, Matthew, can you sell this to me? And you say, no, my audience isn't big enough yet. They're right there. They want that product. So as long as the product aligns with your audience, I mean, you could start selling from day one to the one person who visits your website. And I think that it would behoove you to put these products in front of people. Now, there's a difference between showing off what you have and sharing how cool it is and giving people an opportunity to pay you back. I mean, that's another thing. People want to buy things from uh, people they enjoy listening to and, and trust because it shows. So it's a way to show support and you're, you're tying off that ability uh, for, from people, that law of reciprocity, because you've been delivering so much. But secondly, people in a community want to express who they are. They want to show off the things that they are into. And so you're not allowing that to happen. And so long as you feel comfortable and use common sense to just not bombard and put these things down people's throats every single day, and it's just there and it's natural and you mention it in a podcast organically, and it's just, again, it takes practice to know what is too much or too little, but I'm sure you would understand that. I think even the language, like, I want to monetize my audience, right? It just sounds like icky. Yeah, yeah it right? does, yeah, for sure. Versus, like, I don't think you would hold yourself back from wanting to have your audience feel like even more part of the community or support the community or enable you to like, honestly, more money that that comes your way is going to help them even more in the end. That's exactly my rationale. The more money I get for this, the more I can invest into it. If I can start to generate more income out of this, because I've kind of proven the concept of this. I'm definitely a proof of concept stage where everything I'm doing is working. It just needs to be scaled in some way. But if I can make some more money out of this, I can put that into creating content for the website, improving the podcast quality. You know, as you say, outsourcing, you know, somebody editing the podcast for me even, which will free me up for other stuff. So I, I know I'm kind of ready to do it, but feels still feels a bit icky which is weird because i've done it before i've taken transactions from people before but i think because i'm close to this community and they know me well i almost feel like dipping my hand into that instead of saying hey i've got something to sell you feels weird now it's sort of kind of personal here's the best way to go about it get them involved in the process of what it is that you're creating okay when you have your audience tell you i want this or hey here's an idea and you create it then it actually is not you squeezing money out of them because you want more money. It's it's actually them coming up with it and you providing for them. Okay. That sounds like it opened up something for you. Yeah, for sure. Because I had an idea which I've been sitting on for a while. And that's just made me really think that it could be a good idea. And that idea is creating essentially guidebooks, but kind of short guidebooks, people wanting to get into first uh, long distance hiking for the first time. So they, it gives them a trail they can do on a weekend. So people in no -brainer. my situation who are busy, they want to get out hiking more. A lot of walks take, you know, a week or so to do, but my guidebooks would be long distance walks. They're accessible by public transport they can do in a weekend. And I thought, oh, I could bring people along in the journey of creating that 
But if I did that, I knew I'd have to focus on just, you know, like the podcast, for instance, in order to market that, because I would not have time to run the blog and to do that at the same time, or wouldn't, or wouldn't have time to do anything but podcast and community and that. Yeah. Bringing people on that journey, I think would be really fun to do. I think I could see myself doing that. I love that idea. The guidebooks are a no brainer. Yeah. For sure. Hmm. And that is of massive service. I mean, A, by creating those, you're saving them time. Yeah. You're saving them money. You are actually providing more value than than what you're charging mm. for it. And so it's a, it's a win for everybody. That's, that's the kind of marketing I like when it's a win for everybody. When a person gets what they want and they've saved time and money and they've happily spent that money and then you also get paid too. I mean, what a wonderful world, right? And that's what you can do. Wicked. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best feedback I could ever get from a comment is like, wicked. That's the best. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really glad you went to that because actually I, I have been sat with that idea for a little while and I'm like, no, 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 I haven't got time to do it. I want to do it. I haven't got time to do it. But I think that's just given me permission to, to kind of pull the switch on that and make it happen. Yeah, I think you do have the time to do it, but you were just using time as an excuse because you were scared to do it. Yeah, a little bit, maybe. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're not alone, though. Don't worry. So that's that's very common. No, I'm sure I know. I've, I've listened to enough of these to know I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, where can people go to check out your work and eventually get these guidebooks and, and all these other things that you're offering? So nice and easy. If you go onto Google, type in distance hiker, then I come up. If you type in long distance hiker, I also come up. So distancehiker.com is the website. Instagram is distance hikers. The podcast is the Distance Hiker podcast. You get the message, Distance Hiker, all over the web, yeah. I love the niche. Great job, Matthew. Thank you for being on the show, being vulnerable, and, and I'm glad we were able to help you out today. Our pleasure. Really nice to speak to you. Thanks so much for having me on. All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Matthew Usherwood. Again, you can find him at distancehiker.com if that's of interest to you, or even just to check it out. I mean, it has a very old school blog feel, which I love. It's just articles, and they're very personable and he's got some really helpful information too. I'm really excited to see what he does with a lot of the information we talked about today. And hopefully this resonated with you in one way, shape, or form. And maybe there was one or maybe more gold nuggets that you could pull from this. And uh, I wanna thank you again, Matthew. And thank you for listening all the way through. I appreciate you. Make sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. We have an amazing community that I'd love for you to check out. Go to smartpassiveincome.com slash community so you can see what kinds of communities we have that are available to you because Matthew was talking about community for his audience as well. And ours is not on Facebook, and it is something that you can be a part of, and it's separate, and it's private, and it's safe, and we'd love for you to check it out, smartpassiveincome.com slash community, and doesn't matter what level you're at, there's something there for you. So thank you so much, I appreciate you, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode. Till then, keep rocking it, and we'll see you in the next one. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Ask Pat at askpat.com. I'm your host, Pat Flynn. Our senior producer is Sarah Jane Hess. Our series producer is David Grabowski. And our executive producer is Matt Gartland. Sound editing by Duncan Brown. Ask Pat is a production of SPI Media. We'll catch you in the next session. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now, you might have noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while. 
And that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show. For now, at least. And this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.